1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
2: All right. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Happy pre-hump day. It's Tuesday. Bill Writer with you Phone number on the show, 855-2124CBS. Twitter, SportsRider, Sports, R E I T E R, at D C B S, if you want Tom, at Andrew Bogish, if you want. Andrew, uh, there have been I'm actually not making this one up. There have been a disturbing number of requests. I think I must talk about it too much, to discuss UFOs. What are we shooting down in the sky? What better day to do that than Valentine's Day in about, about twenty minutes? Speaking of Valentine's Day, A public service announcement, guys, it's Valentine's Day. B D Cell and I have very different approaches to the tradition that we have instilled for ourselves with our lovely brides. I won't I won't break the news on the tradition here, but one of our wives is a big winner, one of our wives a big loser. But you get what you choose in this world. What are you going to do? It's early in the Kyrie Irving saga. And as all things Kyrie, there's certainly a way to look at the beginning of Kyrie in Dallas, that era with a capital E, and try to see rainbows and puppy dogs and chocolate-covered strawberries. You know, good things. Try to add some things to that expression. It's a disaster. They're 0-2, and this is the taste of things to come. It's a chocolate-covered cricket is what it and is. We'll get into that in about 20 or 30 minutes. i excited for Mike Florio to be on the show from Pro Football Talk. Our guy. We'll get some insight on him, from him uh, on the Super Bowl that just happened. Aaron Rodgers' future. Some of the moves around the National Football League. All that good stuff by ourselves coming up. And Major League Baseball. Uh, I'm not going to say fixing what's not broken. Just attempting to fix what's broken the wrong way. As uh, as Mr. Manfred has wanted to do, but I, I want to start here. I, I was um. I was watching like most of you. I was among the 113 million people, 113 million people who watched the Super Bowl on Sunday, and was doing the text thing. And friends are writing me notes and. You know, the inevitable Philly fans texting me, we got this, and the non-Philly fans texting me, oh my God, Derek, my my buddy Derek in particular, those Philly fans think they're going to win, don't they? Which, just the messenger guys. And I saw, as you did, Patrick Mahomes, again, be ridiculous and remarkable and lead a comeback and hobble on that busted up ankle again and again and again, lead his team to that Super Bowl. And at the end, when it was over, and all the confetti was falling, and all the magic was happening, and Mahomes came out and did the, it's always awkward, post-game, press conference thing, up on the dais with, with Kelsey, and Kelsey was, by the way, Kelsey wasn't drunk, right? But if you had told me that this was a random Thursday night about Kelsey been drinking, it was just Kelsey was drinking in that magic elixir of, of championship greatness and dominating your opponent and your brother, and Kelsey started screaming, he's worth a bit what he gave us credit. Even though it wasn't Mahomes talking. It occurred to me, and then Tom brought this up this morning separately, man, people are, are going to start to not like Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs because of this level of dominance, but it's the guy standing next to him, Patrick Mahomes, who's going to take the brunt of it. We have, I'm sure it's human nature, I'm, I'm sure someone smarter than I am can explain it, I'm sure those of you that are the psychologists that are listening out there have a reason, but we do, as the expression goes, like to build up our stars and tear them down. And nowhere as much as in our own mind, in our own mind's eye. And we run the risk now, the real risk, of not just failing to appreciate Patrick Mahomes, but not wanting to appreciate Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if the guy is going to be the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. And I do know that that is an absurd thing to say, even though saying it is legitimate now. There is absurdity in chasing history. There is a kind of madness and silliness in doing things that whatever you, you've chosen, quarterback position in the NFL included, that nobody's ever done. And the fact is that Mahomes has got a chance to be Among the most remarkable, if not the most remarkable, unlikely but possible players in the history of the game. And as much as we love the new shiny thing, as much as greatness is what is the thing that attracts us to sports, and it does, like why is Jalen Hurts compelling for non-Philly fans? Because it's greatness that maybe we didn't anticipate. Why did we all absolutely fall in love with that Bengals team last year and their quarterback? Because it's greatness we didn't anticipate. Why is Giannis and then Jokic, maybe John Morant now, or Zion if he can ever stay healthy, which he can't, so tantalizing. Why does ESPN create a billion nationally televised Pelicans games when Zion Williamson plays in about as many NBA games as I do because of his health? Because that kind of talent is tantalizing. But it's also when it really hits its stride, when it really accomplishes something that is unprecedented, when a player who represents it wins again and again and again and again, like Mahomes is starting to do, it starts to threaten the way that we see sports and the things that we hold dear. This happened with Tom Brady. It's hard to remember, even for me, how interesting and cool the Tom Brady story was, right? Guy gets in kind of because of an injury. Pretty good quarterback was the was the guy that was at the helm. Drew so of those Patriots teams. Brady gets in, he wins, and it's the six-rounder, and this is amazing. He seems like a sweet All-American boy, and he played at Michigan, but not really. How cool. And then years later, he was Darth Vader. But he didn't put on the, the helmet. He just won. That's all that he did was he was he won. And I, I, I hated Brady. The same weird thing is, is true for me. LeBron James. And by the way, the reason is because Brady started to threaten the idea of Joe Montana the notion of what Montana meant in the game. I wrote a column on this about LeBron. I guess it was last week. It feels like five years ago when LeBron set the record that when you start to make history in sports in particular, but just in the world, but for this, con- for this conversation, when you start to become the best of all time or the best team or whatever it is, you erase, part of what you do is you erase the meaning and the relevance of somebody else. You just, you just do. Like Terry Bradshaw was a great quarterback. And what Montana did, in part, erased Bradshaw's place in the game. And then time takes over, and, you know, the world moves on, and younger people like us or like you come along and don't even remember those things. And so it's harder for that history to, to hang in there. It's why my buddy Ken, it's like a listener call-out show, listener Ken in Dubuque, Iowa, Kenny, I love you, I'm not even going to read them to you, Set me, he's a huge Jordan fan. We used to sit in his apartment in Dubuque, Iowa in high school and watch Michael Jordan hype videos, just so you know, on VHS. Kenny was all mad. Kenny was sitting I was driving the kids around, I was going to a soccer practice yesterday. Just, it was all about Jordan, he sells more shoes, and I don't know. It's about Curry changing the game, but LeBron didn't. The reason Ken's all mad, because I wrote LeBron's the best of all time, isn't because LeBron is or isn't, because it's a, it's a threat to Jordan. And this is what we gotta push off against with Patrick Mahomes. Please, just for your own sake, for our own sake, Don't let yourself fall into the same I'm over Mahomes trap that we have fallen into with everybody, with LeBron James. Hell, man, with Steph Curry. Look, I understand. I like LeBron. And my worldview is such that, like, I don't really care if my athletes are likable or not for the most part. I'm around these guys enough to know being around a bunch of NBA players, the percentage of jerks versus nice guys versus good dads versus bad dads ain't that different. Than being around radio hosts or insurance salesmen or people that work at Walmart or all the other random things people do for a living, it's, just, it's not. It's really not. LeBron happens to be a pretty nice dude. I think I get why he's not likable to some people. I he he bops around. I you know I get it. Like maybe talking to the third person back in the day. Well, that'll stick with you. The, the the decision. Other stuff. I get it. But Steph Curry, who is the greatest shooter of all time, is a really sweet, likable guy. He's a ni- he's just a nice dude. People are over this guy too. The irony is. All the non-LeBron fans hate LeBron for threatening their player, and all the LeBron fans hate Steph because he threatens LeBron's place in the game. We're not evaluating how amazing all these all-time greats are based on what they do. We're largely evaluating them on who they're supplanting and replacing, and I'm guilty of this as a tennis fan. I hate Novak Djokovic. Loathe him with a burning passion. That doesn't make any sense. I just like Rafa more, man this this absolute swear word insert here that I can't use thinks he can can can, can tie or pass rough, rough a adult yeah he's amazing writer you're an idiot don't let this happen don't let this happen with Patrick Mahomes. and I got a taste of this last night I had a busy night last night you don't care about I had a soccer thing I had to write a column I had to go to a quick dinner then I come back and watch some NBA games and do some stuff there it was a whole thing and, and I, I jetted off to this quick dinner last night with, with, with the guys. And I was like, look at my watch and like, oh, I got to get back to work. Uh, if my bosses are listening, that's what I was doing for that hour and a half where I said I wasn't available because I wasn't because I was having dinner. And we are just, you know, shooting the breeze. And it's one of the things where we talk about stuff. And then when they bring up sports, it can be a little awkward, right? Not, whether they're, it's, like, it's like if I brought up with a doctor my view of a medical prognosis. Only I say to these guys, bro, it's fine. You can have your opinion. Like, it's not like I am the oracle of all sports because I do it for a living. And deep down, they're like, we're smarter than Bill, so he's right, but let's humor him. And they brought up the Super Bowl. And just casually, I'm like, yeah, I think Mahomes might be the, the third-best quarterback of all time. I don't think Dom spit up and choked on his food, but I think he, he was close. And certainly my buddy Bill, there were two Bills at a dinner. How often does that happen? Bill From Iowa. Two Bills from Iowa. Bill number—he can be number one, he's taller. Bill number one, the other Bill, was outraged. And then oh Aaron Rodgers. I mean he's he's got a better career than Aaron Rodgers. And Bill, who's number one from Iowa, also from Iowa, who's a who's a Packers fan, did choke on his food and then sort of nodded and I believe said that's correct. Don't lose track of how and my point is these guys were so opposed to the idea of Mahomes. We had a big conversation about it because he's only been in the game for for it's six years but five as a starter five years and, and I mean it's just it's too early. Go look at how many years Gil Sayers played in the National Football League and how many years he played what were then complete games, like played 12 or 13 games? Not many, man. Handful, handful of seasons. It's going to happen. The same reality of human nature to just dismiss these guys as coming. But the facts are the facts. I said them yesterday. They bear repeating. The Kansas City Chiefs, until a few years before they drafted Patrick Mahomes, they moved to 10 to get Patrick Mahomes, had not won a playoff game in a generation. Montana, early '90s, all the way up to an Alex Smith win without with Mahomes, but that is what a loser, dumb, like absolute culture of failure the Chiefs had. That's what they had. Scott Pioli was the GM. They had a former golfer as their head coach, who did go on to Todd Haley's—that his name? Who did go on to to, to be a, a offensive um, coordinator with with the Steelers? That apparently, Big Ben didn't like. My point is, and I was around that team, they were dysfunctional. They couldn't win. They drafted Patrick Mahomes. And if you've seen, if you follow freezing cold takes on Twitter, you've seen some retweets of P- experts, hard to get this stuff right. He'll never work out. It was it was far from a lock. It's not like they drafted Andrew Luck. It's not like they drafted whatever, whatever quarterback is the next big thing. And this guy sat for a year, and I'll always remember, rest in peace, Trez Paler, I love you, buddy. Terez Peller coming on the show we did it in the evenings. When the Chiefs were six or seven 0 oh, I can't remember, in Alex Smith's final year. They they were they were undefeated. They're the only undefeated team left in the NFL and and, and you know, I'm radio host was real insightful. Hey, Terez, is that good? You know? How about the Chiefs? And Therese, who was so good at his job, said to me, Hey man, like, yeah, it's good, man, but I can't do it Terez anymore. But he's like, dude, it's Patrick Mahomes. And I go, the, the kid they drafted, he's like, he could start this year. They hadn't started this well, he'd start this year. He's going to be amazing. The Chiefs knew. And since the moment Mahomes started, they have made five consecutive, I said it yesterday, going to say it again, five consecutive AFC Championship games, including several of those in the Brady era, in the Brady Patriots era. They have made three of those Super Bowls. They have won two of those Super Bowls one of the AFC championship games they lost. So the only the thing that stopped them from being four out of five and just making the Super Bowl in his first five years in the league was was the coin flip, whoever scores a touch. If you get the ball, and score a touchdown. It's over-overtime rule, where if you remember that Patriots game against the Chiefs at Arrowhead in Kansas City, they were both on a tear and couldn't be stopped at the end of the game, and you knew whoever won the coin flip won the game, and that's what happened. Patriots won the coin flip. Brady took them down the field. One GOAT against maybe another, just getting the advantage of having the ball first. Mahomes is shattered records. He's one of the only quarterbacks in NFL history, this happened this season, who was able to win an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, a Super Bowl, and be the, the league's leading passer. Don't let what this guy's doing feel old or stale or threatening or frustrating or brutal because it changes shouldn't, but it's human nature, how we view Tom Brady, how we view Joe Montana, how we view you gotta, you got to have a longer career. This guy's got as many rings as Elway. He's got more than Drew Brees. He's got more than Aaron Rodgers. He's got more than Russell Wilson. Outside of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, the quarterbacks who have defined the National Football League in the era of the quarterback for the last 23 years are Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. And Patrick Mahomes has more than each of them is one away from tying those guys if you total up all of their rings. Each of them have one. Mahomes is special. Don't lose sight of it just because it doesn't feel normal. That's what being a GOAT is about. It ain't normal. All right. Just little Mahomes. Val- it's Valentine's Day. You know, if anyone asks me, what did you get your wife? I'll tell you in a few minutes. It's a different tradition than cell, but I did get Patrick Mahomes 15 minutes of adulation because the guy deserves it. 855 855- 212 4CBS is the phone number. UFOs and very different approaches to Valentine's Day next here on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than
2: You podcast. Hello. No. It's me. Is that Lionel Richie? It's la- All right, I'll stop. By the way, you may be sitting where you are with your ears slightly bleeding. For that, I do apologize. But that dude, Carson Palmer, that guy is the only person on the show, other than me, America, I think, who took the Chiefs, right? Everybody took the Eagles. Did you take the Chiefs, Diesel? You took the Eagles, didn't you? Uh,
4: I took the Chiefs by a field goal.
2: You did? Yep. Oh, snap! Who'd Bogus take? Eagles. Yeah, it happens. Everyone took the- and My point is that Carson knows football, and he knows loquacious voices that should be singing. That's my point. All right, um... Bogus, D-Cell and I have different traditions. We do the same thing every year for our wives. Uh, different traditions for Valentine's Day. And by the way, happy Valentine's Day. Did you guys, and by you guys, Bogus, did you get my Valentine's Day card? All four of them.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're very sweet. I like that they Thank build you. in drama and emotion and yep. sentiment. Uh, and I, once again, feel insufficient because you are a tremendous gift giver, expresser of love, love and affection. Love. And I yeah. gave you... A hard
2: shaped Reese's peanut butter cup. Not too much that I that, that they told a story beginning, middle, and an end.
3: Yeah, I mean the only thing better would have been um, you know my front page story from our good friend Ross Tucker.
2: <laughs> oh look at you! I, th- <laughs> I think we get enough of those in. I liked it though. All right, here's what I do, and then we'll get details. Um, every year for Valentine's Day, and this is a tradition that goes back, and I'm just committed to it. I th- how do I put it? I think Valentine's Day is stupid. So I don't do anything for Lori. Not a single thing. Not a single Valentine's. We don't go have dinner. We don't, um, you know, I mean, I love her. I tell her that, but I tell her that every day. Like, There's no stupid, I'm not, I'm not writing a stupid note on red paper. I think Valentine's Day is dumb. And so I don't do anything, even though I love my wife. That's it. That's the end.
4: How uh, How does your wife feel about your take on Valentine's Day?
2: I mean, she knows what who who she married, so I think she's. I mean, look, I don't. I think it's okay. It's a fair question. I probably should know this many years into the, into the marriage. I just look, celebrate it, have fun. It's great. i just. And I'm sure this isn't you guys, or maybe it is. I've had buddies who like if they don't get the right gift, their wife gets mad at them. Like, come, this is a made up holiday by people that want to sell you stuff. I mean, come on, man. The the. The actual, like, way that I'll show that I love you is by loving you every day throughout the year. Because marriage is hard. I mean, again, this isn't you, Tom. I'm not. This is obviously. But, like, I've known some guys who, because I was on the road a lot as an NBA reporter, who, how do, I, how do I put this? Would forget who their wife was at sometimes in the evenings. Right? Like, not cool. Not the approach I would take. And those guys would crush Valentine's Day sometimes. Like, Cool. Have fun with your wife. I just saw you with your girlfriend a week ago. What are you talking about? Now, this is a, my point is, it's not a correlation. You can be a great Valentine's Day husband and a great husband. But come on, man. Like, what does that have to do with real life? That's my take. That's my big excuse. I didn't do anything. Again.
4: So I go with a little, a little bit different of an approach to Valentine's Day. This is Valentine's Day number six for my wife and I. Number three, married. Okay. Third Valentine's Day, married. I have done the same You've thing.
2: You've only been married for three years? Yeah, three years. You guys did not waste any time just helping all of us repopulate the earth.
4: Uh, yeah. I mean that's that's what happens when you uh, you can't leave the house in a pandemic. Got
3: it. <laughs> so you're you're saying romantically on Valentine's Day is that your wife had nothing else to do at home during a <laughs> pandemic, so you guys had a kid? Uh, yeah. If you connect those dots, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to when you lay it out <laughs> you like. Put that. it in a card. <laughs> yeah. Um, Buy a Stratego board. (laughs) (laughs) So I remembered that today was
4: Valentine's Day yesterday on my drive home from work. And again, I hope my wife's not listening to this. And as I'm at the store purchasing the same thing that I've done every single year, which is a box of chocolates, some flowers, and a card. I don't go like extravagant present on top of all that. Flowers, chocolates, card. I'm in line paying for it. And I'm thinking... Is my wife starting to think that this is lazy, that I'm getting the same thing every year? Or is this turning into a tradition that she looks forward to, that she knows exactly what she's going to get from me?
2: Flowers, card chocolate. I mean, it's a combo no one's ever put together. You've clearly very original cracked the code. Very original. I think it's sweet, though. Like, I think it's sweet to do. I In my more romantic days, which are gone, but when they existed... What I would do is I wouldn't get Lori anything for Valentine's Day, and then I would put, you know, like three weeks later, I'd just send a dozen red roses to the office. Like, I'd rather random day it. But wait, that is very sweet. I probably should be doing what what you're doing.
4: So we don't think it's lazy. We think it's okay to continue doing the same thing.
2: I mean, I think if it makes your wife happy, and, like, it is the thought that counts, right, for for those people that, that celebrate this fine holiday?
4: I hope so. I hope it's the thought.
2: It is weird they got bogus something and not Lori. Um... Bogus. What's your Valentine's? you been. You're like me. You're my age. You've been married a while. You got kids, right? You mean, it's, yeah. are not in the honeymoon. Oh, remember the pandemic days phase that, that <laughs> D cells in. Where are you at?
3: So we have on top of just all of the years. My wife's birthday is in November. Then it's Christmas. My birthday is in eleven days. And for birthdays and Christmas, like we go, we go all out for each other. So Valentine's Day just seems like an unnecessary add-on so it's very low-key with kids maybe we all go out to eat some candy maybe some flowers but this year we're not gonna we're, we're going away next week so I got the don't get me flowers they're gonna die while we're away I'm not gonna to enjoy them don't get flowers so even that's off the table this year so just gonna get a nice fancy box of candy on my way home today and uh, away we go
2: your birthday is the 25th of February?
3: Yeah, we've discussed this more than once. In I fact, there's a special. there's a rejoin, I think, surrounding it.
2: My birthday is the next day. I know. Were you almost born after... How close were we? No, I was born in the morning. Yeah, okay, me too. Still. I know. What's a Pisces, buddy? Exactly. I didn't know what my sign was until I went moved to London as a study abroad kid, and a very pretty girl from Bulgaria told me I was a Pisces, and I said, I don't care. And she said... We can never get married, but we have chemistry. And I said, I love being a Pisces.
3: Yeah, I know I'm a <laughs> Pisces. More. I don't know what it means about me, or what it's supposed We're to fish. mean about me. We swim well. I, I've,
2: I've got it in front of me. You are amazing, handsome, talented, courageous, and wonderful.
3: I'm a big courageous guy. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's all courage all the time, man. Dealing with D cell. It's all courage. Those are definitely alien spaceships up there, right? Flying around. Are we? Is that where are we, we go with the Valentine's Day talk? Are we? Are we? Are we over it?
3: I mean, at this point, I'd welcome aliens. So bring them on.
2: At least one I of thought, them better be. I thought about sending like doing a segment today, like sending a valen- like four valentines to people in sports, and then I realized that was stupid. But if I had to send a valentines to anybody in sports today, it'd be Patrick Mahomes. I love, I do, I love that guy. That guy's amazing.
3: Yeah, it's making me jealous. I make your wife jealous, and now Mahomes is making me jealous. We get it.
2: He- my son, I love Henry so much. He it, he found out a couple years ago because his dad's a bad dad that uh, some athletes are just jerks because somebody was on the screen. He's like, I like him, and he's like, he's a bad, he's a you know, he's a bad, he's a jerk. So now Henry always wants to know if people are good people, and I have to say, well, to be fair, let's go back to the people Daddy talked about. They might be nice people. They just weren't nice to Daddy. So I don't, you know, I don't know. Chris Paul might be the nicest guy in the world, buddy. You can you can root for Chris Paul if you want to, but with most of these guys, like I don't know, right? You just don't know. In some cases, I do, and I'll, I'll tell my kids. I don't know Patrick Mahomes, but doesn't he seem like a nice guy, too, just from a distance? You never know, but seems like a great guy.
4: He seems like a guy that gets it. What I'm fearful, because I'm with you, I think there's going to be Mahomes fatigue because he wins, but also, too, like, people look, fans or media look for reasons to, to, I don't know, put down a player who's having so much success. And, like, let's be honest, people already find his brother and his wife annoying for off-the-field reasons.
2: (laughs) Well, his brother is annoying.
4: To not like this guy.
2: Sometimes. Yeah, but we, I mean, you can't, this is a rule that I've always had. And I, when I was crushing LeBron in 2010 and all the other reporters were kissing as you-know-what, they, they all wrote about his mom all the time because they were cowards and they wouldn't write about LeBron. They go after the, like, I, I think families are off limits, right? I just think, whatever, like, maybe a little, maybe a little annoying, but like, we all got family, we've all been family, like, I, for me, that's just, I don't care. Mahomes' brother could be the biggest annoyance on earth. To me, it's a separate deal and not particularly important.
3: I think what's important is Mahomes seems like a guy that would give you directions on the street if you asked him for them.
2: Yeah, I agree. Not, no, someone That's how you know someone's a—Henry's like, how do you know if someone's a bad person? Like, mm. There's this, there's this, there's a refusal to give directions, especially in a city like New York City where people are— because it's rude anywhere, but in New York City, people are— intimidated often right like oh my gosh the big city
4: it's a grid
2: it's a grid figure it out your mind is not a grid like get it in order <laughs> I, I agree come on um laurie is saying i have to read i don't this is not very interesting so like this is my, my valentine's day present to my wife is reading this text uh i'm relieved this from Lori, not to have to get you a gift especially after spending almost two hours with henry our son last night making valentine's days for his class and teachers see we're just over it we're I'm really glad, Lori, that you sent me three texts to, to, to share that.
4: I'm glad to hear there. that that's still a thing, that when you're that age, you know, uh, you know, in, sweet, in, right? in middle school, that you give everyone in your class a Valentine's Day card or, or, you know, chocolate, even if you don't like that person. I remember being forced by my parents. Everyone in your class has to get one. But I would say, <laughs> I don't like so-and-so. Like, why <laughs> do I have to give them one? I'm
3: There's so I mean... many warning signs. Yeah, I was going to say. It
1: starts
2: with Valentine's and ends with directions. I'm
4: not alone in this. I can't be.
2: I mean, it sounds like you were aiming to be alone 25 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) Wow. I guess so. All right. So the U.S. (laughs) government has shot down four or five things. Segway. Yeah, let's go. I mean, Tom shoots down people's joy, and the U.S. government shoots down things in the air. Here's what I'm saying. The first one was a balloon. But then we apparently, U.S. government, we America adjusted our radar to pick up other stuff, and we're shooting stuff down. At least one of them was metal, the size of a car. Now you guys know Tom De Benedetto, who is the executive producer of the Jim Rum Show. Would you agree he's a rational human being? Very much so. And you know his story that he saw, he says, a UFO in upstate New York going to a Dave Matthews Band concert.
3: Sure. He says that he did. No, I know. I know he does. I, I know he did
4: I'm skeptical just because it was a Dave Matthews Band concert. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe it
3: now. Right. I've been with him at Dave Matthews Band concerts, and you can see a lot of things on those nights, too. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, like, not in the sky that's flying around. Anywhere. We know that we've got stuff that's off the coast of the country. We've seen, like, the, the, the things moving that defy the physics of what we're able to build as we understand it as human beings. And now we're shooting stuff down. I'm just saying... I'm just saying There are aliens flying around. I'm just that it just feels like So here's my question though. If it were aliens
3: and you're the expert here, wouldn't they be able to dodge our weapons? Terrible. Wouldn't they be advanced that we couldn't shoot them down?
2: So I got a couple theories. Okay. One it's not aliens. It's some technology from China. Okay. okay. It's not as interesting. Two, look. We got some smart humans, and we got some dumb humans. There's one in every bunch. Right? We got some humans driving around in the Teslas and the BMW. I don't know what. It's electricity. And we got people like me whose first car was a 1986 Pontiac station wagon. What's up, ladies? Dubuque, Iowa. (laughs) I'm a Pisces. (laughs) Right? I'm a Pisces, and I'm a fishy, (laughs) and I'm courageous. You don't want to go to the dance? (laughs) Sounds great. Um, It could just be one of the dumb aliens flying around. You know? One of the idiots. But Why do the aliens have to be, like, the smart—they
3: could just be an, a moron alien. Right, no, my, my point was not that they could drive their ships well enough to avoid our missiles, that their ships could avoid our missiles, negating the dumbness of anyone running the ship.
2: Yeah, that's a Corolla out there. I mean, sorry about that. Car. That's just like, you know— Things malfunction all the time. Malfunction.
3: They, they malfunction four times in seven days over North America?
2: I mean— who knows, maybe we haven't been picking up some of the stuff, and, and the, maybe the, the Chinese balloon got us to pay more attention, and now it's like, alright, I guess we gotta, there's something, let's go shoot, oh, we got it!
3: Yeah, I think we're a little we're a gun-happy now.
2: I'm just saying, if there are aliens, I'm not saying there are, even though there probably are, but maybe there aren't, but if there are, it's not necessarily one creature from, like, you know, Planet 385 somewhere else, maybe there's a whole bunch of them, and there's like, you know... Maybe the guys with the good technology, are like, oh, there's Bert. He's ge- oh, he's getting shot down. <laughs> Don't do it, Bert. Don't do it, Bert. Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Bert's always left, been dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Bert wouldn't give valentines? <laughs> Bert wouldn't give directions <laughs> to that one guy looking or. for Earth a few a few light years from here. He or, deserves it.
3: Or maybe Bert asked the alien D cell for directions, got shunned, and then accidentally ended up Earth. here in 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 our Earth and didn't know what to do with himself and stumbled Earth. into a Air Force fighter.
2: Here's my theory. I think if the U.S. government came out tomorrow, I'm I'm serious, and said there are aliens, we don't know really where they're from, here's the technology, here's some more video of of crap. It's like, like you can see details face. They're just like, yeah, we didn't tell you guys, but we can't hide anymore. We're we're, we're shooting stuff down. I don't tell you, we didn't know where it's from, but it ain't, it ain't human. Like me, I people like me like, oh my god, aliens! But most people, diesel, would just be like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Like, let's let's talk about LeBron.
3: Oh, see, I think most people would freak (laughs) out, and there would be mayhem. You do? I don't think so. Yes, people would be running the store, buying like you know hurricane prep times a
2: million. I don't. You see, I think people would just like cognitive dissonance. Like, ah, no, it's not. I, I don't know. I mean, all these things are in play, but
3: I would think that in the end, like, 34% to 32 and 32% would be mayhem over people who Mass are hysteria. enthused hysteria. by it or people who are indifferent to it. Still, the leading reaction would be, oh, my God, the world is ending. Get my money out of a bank. I'm quitting my job. Where are my kids? We're living in the basement for the time being. That's what would happen.
4: Uh, you nailed it for me, Bill. Like, I am absolutely coming in here tomorrow Talking to you, saying the the story of the day is where is Derek Carr playing next year, rather than explaining that aliens actually exist yeah. and I have to believe the U.S. government now.
2: Yeah, Bert, the aliens all fine and good, but have you seen the news about Derek Jeter <laughs> going to Fox?
3: <laughs> uh, Disa, would you watch the alien invasion live or catch the highlights the next day?
4: Absolutely, I would catch the highlights. Okay. Oh no, absolutely.
2: Oh, no. Here's the other thing: if we're gonna, how long has it been true? In in, in in human civilization, that something can happen on one point of the globe and be known on every other point of the globe. Probably going back to the telegraph, so a hundred years maybe. I mean, it's not been that long. How do you know that there weren't just aliens like landing in wherever Asia, Africa, the UK, six hundred years ago, <laughs> and people are like, oh my God, aliens, and then that's it because everybody else in the earth there weren't. It's not like you pick up the cell phone in 1582.
4: I've never given this any credence in my 30 plus four years of life. I want this to be true now. I want you to be happy. I want some signs at least. Not even, it doesn't even have to be a fact. I just want more signs that it's more likely than not that aliens exist. I want this for you now.
2: I actually think it'd be more comforting if it's aliens than if it's not. Because if it's not aliens, then something on this earth, some... Some country or out-of-control thing we created, like AI, is flying things that are off the coast of San Diego that our pilots can't comprehend or track. I mean, literally. I mean, I would rather have the aliens, because there's a good chance the aliens are benign if they're out there, because they haven't attacked us yet, right? Unless we're an ant farm, and they're just watching. I don't know, but that's all I'm saying. (laughs) So that's our second
3: we're just someone's entertainment theory. Like we're in a we're, we're someone's playing Sims Earth or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, or we're an alien that's, ant farm.
2: I mean, the simulation thing's kind of kind of kind of kind of frustrating because that could be yeah. Then that's a whole other right. Who knows how good the technology is? Maybe they can like put themselves into some avatar and fly around, and that's Bert. He couldn't afford a good <laughs> I was one. Just
4: gonna say, as long as got Bert, shot down. As long as Bert's not operating, yeah,
2: he just. He just starts over, right? Like a, It's like, you know, when you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you lose in, you know, Tech Mobile. Can't reboot it. All right. This got weird. Somewhere, I mean, he's not listening, but if Mark Chernoff, our former program director, were listening, even though he's not in charge anymore, he would be, all right, that's enough of the alien talk.
3: He just took his job back to say yeah. that, and then he'll quit again. <laughs> he'll retire again.
2: <laughs> it's, I think it's newsworthy. Yeah, yeah. They're shooting down things. I don't know what it is. Right. The well, White House and the Pentagon are being asked, "Is it alien?" And they're saying no. But what are they going to be like? Yeah, oh yeah, you got us. Yep. Well, I think the Bert- first
3: person did. The first one said nothing's been ruled out. So I think they oh, had a yeah, rule- the general. Yeah, they had. A- they should have ruled something out.
2: Uh, they called that guy and like, "Hey, bro, you haven't been read in. We lie about the aliens, okay?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually think we don't know what they are, which is also kind of – but could be Steve the Underwater Arco King, right? Could be like a creature under the water, a whole civilization. We haven't been down there. Why are you rolling your head?
4: I just – I've never thought about it to this degree, and I'm I, – when I first started working with you, I had no idea yeah. people thought about it this much.
2: Yeah. We're asking directions of the universe here. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole yeah. other – all right. I got a basket bill. Oh, I'm sorry. I I said it wrong. What is it called, Andrew? I forgot Hoopier than you. Hoopier than you. Um, Here's a little preview. Kyrie Irving sucks. That's a a little bit of a preview. He's an illusion. He's a lie. He is a, forget aliens, he's a mermaid. It's like a beautiful song, and you go toward him, and then you hit the rocks, and you're 0-2 with him on your roster as a Dallas Mavericks. So basically, we're going to crush Kyrie Irving here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from my valentine, Andrew Bogish.
0: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
2: All right, welcome back into the show, Bill Ryder, with you. What's up? Thanks for being here. Happy Valentine's Day. Get your uh, get your your significant other a little chocolate, cards, and flowers. Look, by the way, details right? I'm wrong. At least for you, my wife's pretty chill on it. I think could be wrong. Who knows? I think you're making the right decision, Tom. What are you going to get in return? Do you get anything from the, from the Mrs. Diesel?
4: I got a hoodie this morning. We actually exchanged our gifts before we went to work this morning.
2: Oh, you got a hoodie? up? You know what? If hoodies are part of Valentine's Day, I take it back. I will go buy some flowers right now. Lori, get me a hoodie. I love you. You're not listening. All right, still love you. Let's do, uh, let's do hoopier than you. Bill Ryder has the NBA
0: takes you need to hear.
2: This is
0: Bass Kit.
2: Bill. All right, the Mavericks are 2-2 two and two since Kyrie Irving came on board, but it's misleading because the combo that matters is Luka and Kyrie, and they are 0-2 together. Now, I understand last night they lost to the Timberwolves, made a nice comeback, but why are you down a bunch of points? I know Kyrie scored 24 of his 36 points in the fourth quarter. Did I get that right? 26 of his 34 points, I think, in the fourth quarter but they couldn't get a shot off at the end, and it perfectly encapsulates the reality of Kyrie. This isn't new. This isn't shocking. I understand why people are like, it's eventually going to work out. It's never going to work out. It literally has never worked out with Kyrie. Kyrie putting his team in a hole, that that, that that sounds right, and then playing really good basketball individually, so it looks like he's a success. That tracks. And then literally unable to get a shot off to have a chance to continue the game and eventually win it which is a really nice way of saying he totally blows it for the team, also tracks. And if you've watched some of these games, and I watched the game last night, you know that Luka and Kyrie are just watching each other play. Literally, there are times where Luka Doncic was watching Kyrie or arguing with the refs. It was four on five. Neither guy particularly, played particularly good defense. We know Kyrie's not a great locker room presence. If Kyrie Irving couldn't win with the Celtics team that had a great defense— if Kyrie Irving couldn't win with a Nets team with all respect to to Luka, that had Harden and Durant for stretches. He's not going to win with. And Luka's amazing, but Luka is a high usage rate guy who has to have the ball in his hands, who slows things down, who goes into a rhythm for himself that makes Luka great, but is really difficult for other teams to be successful with. In fact, you talk to a bunch of GMs and I have mo and I haven't talked to 30 GMs about this, but the four or five I've had long conversations about Luka on, love him, think he's great. Are worried he won't be able to win because of his pace of play and his need to have the ball and how methodical he is and sort of getting his shot off and how slowly he does that and how it throws other guys out of rhythm. And that's guys that aren't expecting to be the focal point. Kyrie's not an off ball player. He's not a guy that's going to move and cut like, say, Steph Curry, who will do that for you. It ain't going to work. They're 0 2 for a reason. It's going to be a disaster. It's a major problem. Kyrie won't even commit to being there next year, which sounds like bad news for the Mavericks, but it actually is a blessing in disguise. And if you're Dallas having made this mistake, I'm telling you what you hope for, because you only hope, you can hope for whatever you want, but what you should hope for that's in the realm of what's reasonable is that when it inevitably blows up, it doesn't lead to the dominoes falling that have Luka Doncic going somewhere else. See Kevin Durant in Phoenix. And that was Bass Kid, Bill. Yeah, I like how we just bass. That's really slows the bass. Is he is that three words he's saying, Tom? It seems like it is.
4: Bass, Skit. Bill. Love the cadence there. Love it.
2: The guy's got the guy's got remarkable, remarkable cadence. We talk about the sexy, interesting things because they're new and they're fascinating. Is Kyrie kind of really gonna work? Even though we know the answer. No. And we ignore the fact, and we will get to this later in the show, that say the Milwaukee Bucks are basically unbeatable right now and are playing ridiculous basketball. And somebody, and I can't remember who, I don't know, he might be a Pisces probably, may, may, maybe 45th birthday, coming up, maybe wearing an Old Spice T-shirt right now because Old Spice once gave it to him seven years ago as part of a Travis Kelsey interview. I'm not sure. But that person might have said, the Bucks are amazing, they're going to figure it out, they're going to get healthy, they know how to win, they're sort of starting lax days ago because they're not worried, but they are, along with the Celtics, one of the two best teams in the NBA. Now, that group has expanded now, I think, to three with the Phoenix Suns. And I I don't doubt the Suns' ability to be great. I, I think they're going to be absolutely extraordinary. But that ain't going to apply to the Mavs. Even before Durant went to Phoenix, the Mavs weren't going to be particularly impressive. And think about this. If you just, you know, do the math on this, only, this is like me being really good at covering the NBA, only two teams can make the conference finals. That's it. Look at me with the math. So, two of the following four can't, are going to go out in the second round. Between Phoenix, between Memphis, between Denver, who's top of the West, and between the Mavs, who have Kyrie Irving and Luca. one of those two teams, two of those four teams, excuse me, are going to go out before the conference finals. And I haven't even mentioned the Warriors, who have the chance to be really, really good. Or the Kings, whose fans are probably like, hey, bro, it's not like we're 12th in the standings. Give us, put some respect on our name. The West is going to be fun, but not for the Dallas Mavericks. It ain't going to happen. All right, good stuff. Let's um, let's get back a little NFL magic. I love magic. Mike Florio, one of the, for me, he's he's the best. He, I I honestly think he might be the best sort of NFL reporter, thinker, guy, media member in the business. Big fan. Love that we have him on the show on a regular basis. Now, Mr. Florio joins us next year on CBS Sports Radio.